What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday. Today is the 30th, wrapping up March. Man, 2021 is flying by. And uh, usually on Tuesdays, we do Concept Tuesday. Today, though, we're going to do an MLB preview. Go through the entire season, complete division-by-division look. We'll get some future bets out there as well. And uh, it's going to be all baseball on today's show. Also, uh, keep in mind, uh, give us a follow on Twitter if you haven't already, at SharpAnglePod. Um, we're going to be changing up the show schedule here soon. Obviously, baseball starting, and there's a couple sports that are coming to an end here soon, specifically Premier League. So I think what we're going to do is start doing baseball shows on Wednesday. So uh, follow us on Twitter, and uh, stay tuned for the changes, because we'll be talking about uh, baseball every week coming up here starting soon. But uh, on today's show, we uh, like I said, we've got a lot to plan for you. In studio, Connor Holdskamp. He is uh, one of our... MLB specialists. He's an MLB expert, and uh, he's here to help uh, go through some stuff. First of all, he's just going to kind of give his opinion whenever we get to something that uh, he feels strongly about, whatever. Also, he's going to correct a lot of my pronunciations. Cause <laughs> Sounds good. How are you, Connor? Hey, I'm good. Thanks. Glad yeah. to be here. One thing that I do all the time, because you know, I work a lot in hockey and soccer, and trust me, when you're always looking at like English soccer teams or Scandinav- these Scandinavian players or Russian players in the NHL. There's a lot of weird names and I'm I'm yes. I'm known to butcher names sometimes, you know? I'll hear from Twitter sometimes yeah, like, it happens. Yeah, exactly. So, uh today when I was going through some of these notes looking at players, I'm like I I half these names. I'm just so you're going to have to help me out if I'm butchering any names. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. do my best. But it's going to be a fun show because we're going to go through and look at the futures market, see where the market has a lot of these teams, and see where we can find some value. And uh, look, futures bets aren't always attractive for a lot of people. You know, I don't like giving the sports book my money for seven, eight months at a time. There's a lot... It's it's called the time value of money, right? There's a lot of things you can do with even a hundred dollars, and if you don't spend that hundred on whatever it would be, the Yankees to win the World Series, think about what that could mean in terms of your ROI these next seven months. You could do a lot with that hundred dollars. So, I'm not the biggest fan of recreational betters making a lot of futures bets. Now, if you've got an out or you have a sports book where they let you bet on credit, that's where you should definitely make a lot of your, your futures bets. Are you part of any of those books, Connor? I know you, you've, you've kind of recently gotten... And part of... You guys should all know, part of Connor's what Connor does, he's not necessarily a betting expert, but he's an MLB expert. So he knows a lot about baseball. He's, he's like the guy at the MLB fantasy draft who knows every player. <laughs> you know, that's, that's Connor. So I think it's kind of a good point of view, right? Because I kind of have the, the betting point of view, and then you're the, the MLB expert, right? And so yeah, kind of... Yeah. I've been, been playing fantasy baseball real, you know, really closely yeah. for quite a long time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. so, on that note, um, you know, you just got going with DraftKings and FanDuel and BetMGM and some of these sports yep. books. Yep. Are you part, do you have a bookie that you bet on credit, or is it all legal online stuff that you do? <laughs> yeah, it's all the legal online stuff that I do for now. I, I, I think I... Uh, I dabbled a little bit and they bet online, but I shouldn't say legal actually right now because if, even if you bet offshore, I'm pretty sure that's all legal right, right now. Colorado, even, even if you have a bookie, now I've just been uh you know mostly you know the DraftKings, the MGMs. Although now I've gotten onto Better Edge and it's uh yeah, let's talk about them real quick. Better Edge, great sponsor of the show. Um, if you guys haven't signed up yet, you're doing yourself a disservice because Better Edge is the one and only place that I know of online where you can bet vig free. That's right, vig free betting. Look, a lot of us. 
a lot of people out there can't win in sports betting because you can't overcome the VIG. This is known. You know, the, the, the house operates with that edge and it's tough to beat that edge. So if you want to start betting, seriously, risk-free. I mean, what they're allowing you to do, it's crazy. And all my buddies say the same thing. I, you know, I'll tell uh, my, my, my friends, sign up for Better Edge. They go, what's the catch? What's the catch? I can't bet VIG free. How do they make money? Trust me, they make money. You guys can start betting VIG free today. So sign up, betteredge.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com, like sports better. And use promo code SHARP, right? That's SHARP with a P. Use promo code SHARP. You get $10 free in your account. So look, it's really risk-free. Sign up today, betteredge.com. Use promo code SHARP. Get $10 free. Make a bet. See if you like it. If you don't, great. Go back to your sports book now. But something tells me you're going to love betting VIG free. And the other cool part is you can follow your friends, have tournaments with your buddies. It keeps your record. You can smack talk, have head-to-head matchups. How many times have you, are we talking with our buddies and you know you have a friend who says he's really good at this sport or whatever? Challenge them. Do a head-to-head matchup. You know you can do all of that at betteredge.com. Online, betteredge.com. Use promo code SHARP. So, um, But like I said, I, th- I think it's good to... If you have a bookie that lets you bet on credit, it's really good to use that because you're not using actual cash to make these bets. So those futures bets. Yeah, exactly. But we do have some futures bets today on the show. So if you like some futures bets, you like that, we'll talk about it. And whether you're making these future bets or not, it's it's a good idea or at least a good identifier where we have some MLB teams right now compared to the market. So let's get things going. Uh, first things first, last year, uh, let's talk about what uh, the difference was. Obviously, COVID affected a lot. They only played six. 60 games last year. Okay. I kind of liked it as an experiment. Now I'm glad we're back to 162 because as a sports better, more product is a good thing, but I like, I liked the, the, the experiment of yeah, you know. 60 games. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who think the season should be cut in half maybe. And yeah. I wouldn't, you know, they call me a, you know, you can, you can call me a, a purist if you will, you know, one of those baseball snobs, yeah. but you know, call me what you will. I, 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 I'm glad we're back to the 162. So you're a baseball, you're a snob, right? You're a purist. Do you eat a hot dog at the game? <laughs> is, is, what's your, what's the routine? I like a hot dog. Like, do you game. get up during the game? Did you get mad if people get up in the middle of an inning? Like if you go with someone, no. if you take somebody on no. a date and they want to get up in the middle of an inning, you get flustered. You no, get upset? no. You know, I might get like that if I uh, actually splurge to go sit in like the you know bottom 10 rows but uh you know i i don't do that very often okay. so i can't i know i don't think i'm not one of those i, I just appreciate the game I, I appreciate the statistical nature of the game what's your go-to what's your hot dog look like the bed the perfect hot dog the perfect hot dog uh yeah i gotta go chicago dog chicago, chicago dog so dog what the hell what 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 a Chicago dog. Well, I know, I know what a Chicago dog is, is, but like, what do you, what do you order the Chicago dog? You putting on the the tomatoes? I mean, at Coors Field. I, so I like <laughs> to go. Uh, there's a there's a place uh, Nathan's Chicago in, dog. Yeah, there's a Nathan's hot dog uh, shack right across the street from Coors Field, and like to go there. Get me uh, one of those uh, right before the game. They don't offer these Chicago dogs. I'm at the talking at a stadium. Place. If you go to if you go to Wrigley yeah, Field, yeah. If you're gonna, have, I guess it's a bad example. It's in Chicago. If you go yeah, to the Diamond, if I go to Wrigley stadium. Field, I'm gonna get a Chicago <laughs> dog. Um, you Come know, uh, well, mustard only. Mustard only. Yeah, yeah, mustard only. If, you, I if go, you're gonna go, if you're gonna go classic stadium hot dog, and I don't have the fixins of the tomatoes and the sports peppers uh, and what have you, then I'm gonna go mustard. I go mustard, relish, and sauerkraut. Yeah, rel- relish. Well, for, well, I, I can go uh, relish and onions. No yeah, ketchup I can, I can though. Just down, no ketchup. Can down some food at a baseball game. That's for sure. That's good. And peanuts. You got to have the peanuts. You got you. You have to have the peanuts. All right. So sixty games last year. Um, it was a fun experiment. But look, the thing is. It's always interesting when you're doing your prep work for for uh, any given season, trying to see 
how well certain teams do, how teams are going to start. And honestly, I hear a lot of professional bettors say they wait until they get good data to make their real bets to later on in the season. That's opposite for me. My entire career, I've always done well at the very beginning of the season. I, I credit that to a lot of prep work, a lot of homework, and a lot of uh, math, you know? I mean... yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And so, but but there's always a debate. You know, it's not just math. It's not just science. Otherwise, a lot more people would be doing this. It's an art. And you have to figure out how much season, how much of every season do you weigh in? You can't just say, all right, we're going to take 80% of the stats from last year, 15% of the stats the year before that, 5% of the, of the stats from three years ago, and we'll blend them together. And that'll give us a projection for this team. You can't do that. It has to be way more focused and and divided team by team. So if there's one team who has largely the same pitching staff, the same rotation, the same uh, players, the same coaching staff, the same manager, you're going to go back and, and credit the last year, last two years, last three years, last four years, a lot more heavily than a brand new team who has brand new players and a brand new manager. That's a lot more tough to qualify, right? So you have to go team by team and say, how much do we weigh last year? How much did, did last year matter? Well, this is an interesting factor because last year, a 60-game season gives us a lot to work with in, in terms of sports betting angles, okay? So the first one is, how much credit do we give to certain teams who did well last year, right? Look at the Cincinnati Reds, okay? They got off to a really good start. Their last 10 games of the season, they ended 2-8, and eight, but you could argue they made the playoffs, losing the wild card round. Should they have been a playoff team? They cut the season off short, so they were a playoff team, right? So do we now give credit to that? Do we project throughout the rest of the season if they would have played 100 more games per team, would things have changed? So we have to think about that. And another thing that I think that we should absolutely think about, and I think that an advantage that we both have today, being Connor and me talking about this, we're both former pitchers. Okay, We, we both understand what it takes to pitch long-term, um, how important it is in the MLB, and... I think that based on last year, okay, and then the very strange offseason, uh, everything's up in the air last year, no one knew what was going on, I have a big handicapping point for everyone to, to watch for this year, okay, and it has to do with pitchers' arms, because last year, 2020, we saw more injuries per innings pitched than we have in the last 20 years in baseball, and I think that a lot of that was due to, because you could either say that that was because of luck and i mean what do you think was that because of luck was that because of of players not doing their routines a week off we don't know when we're gonna play two weeks i think off, it's a little COVID. bit of all of it right? we saw injuries skyrocket last year right i mean injuries were up for sure there were a burst of injuries no doubt okay now the question is what happens when we return to 162 games are pitchers going to be at higher risk Okay. Is it going to be a higher risk because they threw less last year, their routine is off? Is it going to be an advantage because they have less damage, less miles? So that's the question. And if you can answer that, you're going to have a really easy job, a really uh, a head start, I should say, handicapping right. a lot of these games. And I think that we should look at a certain type of pitcher. Guys who have always, throughout their career, stuck around and been habitual you know, 170 inning guys like John Lester is an example that uh, I read on Yahoo today. You know, John Lester, his whole career, he has started 30 games a year. He has a lot of mileage. So guys like that may actually do better this season because they're more used to it. So look for that. Look for a pitcher's arms, how it's impacting 
uh, you know, the the outcome of these games. And are the younger guys doing better? Are the veterans doing better? Who's handling the schedule better? There may be no changes. You know, this may be something that is not real, but we have to be aware that it could exist and it's something that we shall be uh, be looking for. All right, um, new rule changes. Have you seen the rule changes this year or what they're looking to add? Are you talking about like the uh, like the, the California? <laughs> have you seen this? Heard about this? Like the California, like the extra innings rule no, and the, the uh, seven I mean, inning games. No, not the California rule. There's a couple things they're looking to implement in single A, double A, triple A. You know, they, they always use those lower leagues. Yeah, like, yeah. Why don't like, you let me? Okay, so triple A, they're going to start using larger bases. This oh, interesting. Year and see how that works. Yeah. So the triple A. First, second, and third will be increased from 15 square inches to 18 square inches. Hmm. All right. And the MLB said this move will reduce player injuries and collisions, adding the shorter distance between the bases created, uh, the shorter distances between bases created by increased size uh, to have a modest impact on the success rate of stolen base attempts and the frequency with which a batted, excuse me, a batter runner reaches uh, the base on ground balls and bunt attempts. Yeah, I can see that. You know, I like how they use the minor leagues and and whatnot to test these rules. Yeah, it's a, bunch a, of it's a cool picks. opportunity <laughs> that baseball has. So, um, and, and a lot of these rules they say are meant to increase scoring, increase uh, players on base, and decrease the time of the game. That's what all these are for. Yeah. Um, no doubt. And, and okay, so there's a couple of these I love and a couple that I don't love. This one I absolutely hate. Okay. Really? So they're doing the, no, no, the next one that oh, I haven't okay. got to. Yet. I was like, this one. Okay, in right. double A. They're creating a limit for how many defensive shifts you can have in a game. I think you should be able to shift whenever the hell you want mm. to. Who cares? It takes 10 seconds. It's not like if they're trying to speed the game up, I get it. But it's not like that takes that long. And it's such a big part of current strategy. Now, it's gonna, if this gets implemented in the MLB, it's going to have to be the manager who picks and chooses when you when you rotate. Yeah, and you know, of course it'll do with the analytics which has taken over the game of baseball. Um I think I think too Tyler that when you're looking at a rule like that, um it can really increase offense in a real big way because what you're seeing is the analytics show that these certain there's certain players in the MLB that are essentially pulling the ball, you know, 80% of the time, <laughs> right? Um, you know, all their hard contact rates and, and stats like that show that they don't make hard contact if they're not pulling the baseball. And so when you have all these spray charts, which is what you call when you, you plot where every baseball that every hitter goes, that's available for every player to every single team. And now it's causing, it's taking away uh, a lot of people on the other side of that would argue that it's taking away from the offensive production in baseball. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think it is in a big know, way. It, so, it so I, I can see how is. something like that it would not only add to you know, and I'm not saying I, I you know necessarily how I feel about it, but it would definitely add to the offense, um, which you know can't be a bad thing, right? Everyone yeah, wants to I mean, see if more that's offense. What, if that's what they're going for, it, it should certainly work. I, I just don't like the idea of of, right. of instituting and legislating those kind of things in to speed the game up. Yeah, that's now, fair. Now, this next one, as a former pitcher, uh, it's uh, I don't I don't know if you're gonna love it because you're lefty, right? So you 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 do all those crafty moves first, things like that. Like I got the Andy Pettit move. All right, this one I think they're <laughs> trying in uh, in in single A the step off rule. This rule says that pitchers will be required to disengage the rubber prior to throwing to any base with the penalty of a balk in the event of a pitcher failing to comply. So now you have to completely disengage with the rubber for any time you try and pick somebody off. Hmm. Isn't that crazy? And not only that... Would, that, the, would that take away the lefty move? 
Yes, because you it because would. you're on the rubber because you're you're well you're, the Andy Pettit move is what you're saying, right? Right. Yeah. Well, which, right. which I would throw it before I'm completely disengaged. But would you still be able to step off at yes. a forty degree angle, lift up your left foot, your back foot, and throw it? Uh, so like, know. would you still right. you know disengage? Right, right. Right. I would. I would be. I don't know if you can do that, but they're greatly limiting. Yeah, I'm a not. A, I'm not a fan of that one. Right, and not only that, but they're instituting pickoff limits. So now you have a certain limit. I so let's say there's coming. a let's say there's a three pickoff limit where you can pick off three times. Guess what? After that third time, the runner is going to have about a ten foot lead because he knows you're not going back. Well, essentially, if you institute a limit to pickoffs, you're essentially limiting it by one less than that. Because just like you said, no. It, let's just say they have it three, a three pickoff limit. Okay. You're never going to want to hit your third pickoff as a pitcher because then exactly what you said, they'll get a 10 right, foot lead. Right. So, so whatever the pickoff limit is in air quotes, pickoff limit, it's going to really, in effect, be one less than that um, because they won't go to that third right. one because they and always I'll, have to I'll have admit, that in their mind. That does get really annoying when, when there's a pitcher that he's picking off four or five, six times in a oh, row. Oh, yeah. You hear the booze raining down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get it. Uh, I did too. All right, and then the last one. I saved my favorite for last. Finally, we are here. Robot umpires. Robot umpires. I can't wait. Get these referees. I'm trying to stop the swearing. Hey, I'm on show. board. I'm on board. There is a great Twitter account I follow. Let's let's look it up because I don't remember Twitter account umpire strike rate MLB. So there's a great Twitter account. Um, I think it's, is it Umpire Auditor? Let's see. I think it's, no, it's not. Anyway, I'll, I'll find it. It'll give us a follow at Sharp Angle Pod, and I'll be sure to uh, retweet some of their stuff. They do a great job, though. What they do is every game, they go back and look at missed calls and how it impacted the game in terms of expected runs. And it's amazing how much of an impact umpires have on the outcome again it is it is it's 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 unreal and when you're betting your money on these outcomes you know look let me put it this way if you're a serious mlb handicapper and you're not doing umpire work you're lost you're not going to make money you are t- completely screwed you have to have an in-depth analysis right. of umpires if right. you're going to bet baseball it's crazy i mean some of these guys are horrific i mean absolutely rick and look the idea of of an arbitrary strike zone or a strike zone umpire to umpire, I don't, I don't like that. You know, that to me is not a good thing. That is an inconsistent. Well, an especially inconsistent from a better's thing. mind, like yourself. Exactly, yeah, exactly. That. Look, and and I played baseball just like you did. I understand the lure and, and, and the whole thing. Hey, this umpire's got a low strike zone, outside strike zone. For a while there, especially as plan, you know, when we played, that'd be part of it. This guy's a lot of low zone, outside zone. But I don't, I don't like that because. Then, then it becomes about the umpires, especially in these big time playoff games where lots on the line. I mean, we're talking bonuses, we're talking performance, uh, you know, incentives and contracts that get met, don't get met by these guys. I, I, if I had a, a dime for every three-two game where the umpires gave away a run and a half on the other side, it's just it's crazy to me. So yeah, you I know, wanted I, a robot umpire. I call myself time. a baseball purist, but this is actually something that I side with the non-baseball purists on. I, I'm all for having robot umps in the game. Although, I do have a solution for the baseball purists out there. Okay. And as far as I know, I have not read this anywhere. Uh, but I'm sure someone has said it somewhere. Okay. Um, my solution is... Because you're going to have to have a human back there anyways, right? Regardless, yeah. right? A human's going to actually have to sit there. And They're dictate not gonna, stuff, yeah. Uh, right, and do some things. So, my solution is... 
you have the umpire, right? Um, that's their human umpire. Make the computerized strike zone very slightly, very between umpire to umpire based off of, okay, John over here has a bit of a lower strike zone. Mike has a little bit of a smaller, tighter strike zone, whatever, right? So, so you get the variation to satisfy us baseball purists, to add a little bit of a, a scouting report to the game, right? But mm-hmm. the key difference, um, you can have that variation and not have it be inconsistent, right? That's what drives people crazy. Okay, that's fine. John has a lower strike zone. But what drives people crazy, especially I'd imagine betters like you, is the, the statistics don't play out that way. Just because John has a lower strike zone does not mean that anywhere close to 100% of his strikes are going to be consistent uh, in the way that a robot um, can do. Right. And, and that's what I think that gets people is the consistency on a pitch-to-pitch basis. By the way, I did find a Twitter account. It's at ump scorecards. So check it out. It's a great follow yeah. at Ump Scorecards. They do a really good job. And on that note, just a quick interesting thing. I did a recent study on luck in sports. You know, baseball is actually one of the sports that has the highest element of luck in terms of the outcome of the game. Oh, okay. And the reason is because um, it, you could get, let's say, bases loaded, bottom of the ninth, and your team is down three. Okay. Okay. Base is loaded. Bottom of the ninth. Your team's down three full. Uh, two two count. Okay. And there's a ball that's inside the strike zone that the umpire calls as a ball. Now three two count. Okay. Game should have been over. Next pitch, grand slam home run. That team wins. The element of and I just gave an extreme example, obviously. Right. But the element of of the amount of runs that impact the game on on um a pitch by pitch basis and the fact that if something goes wrong, there's a lot of scoring that's impacted like i just gave the example right one ball the inning should be over it's called it's called a ball then then the home run goes out and even on a less extreme version of that just changing the count from a 2-2 to a 3-2 just everything just changing the count like that that changes what the pitcher is going to pitch where he's going to try and locate it sometimes the defensive positioning i mean honestly just to call one single strike call or ball call it changes a lot could make a difference in how tons of aspects are played on that very and next think pitch. about it the pitcher now is probably pissed off too because he didn't get that strike call right he's thinking you know so it impacts everything and so you know think about it the luckiest you're going to get in basketball what you throw up a full court shot and it goes in you get three points think about the, the how that impacts the total of a game you know, hockey, you, you throw a puck in from half ice, it bounces off the back of the net and goes off the, or the back of the wall, goes off the goalie. Great, it's a lucky thing, infrequent, one goal, right? In football, right. You, you, you get a, a pick six or something that's lucky, it's one touchdown. And actually, you know, seven points in an NFL game, that's, that's a decent amount. But the, the, the idea is the average scoring in a, in a Major League Baseball game is seven and a half, eight, you know, eight runs a game. And if you're, if you're dictating... 25, 30, 40% of the total runs based on that, baseball is for sure the sport with the most amount of luck. Now, that, that doesn't mean you don't bet baseball. That means you factor all of this in. It should all go right. into your system and your projections. Right. I mean, they say every given Sunday, right? It's even uh, for football. It's, it's even more so that way with baseball, right? I mean, I know you and I were talking about this the other day. When you have a you know, league leading team winning a hundred, you know, hundred games out of 160 games. Right. I mean, that's a lot of games you're still losing. I mean, it just goes to your point that each individual game, each individual pitch in baseball, uh, just can introduce a lot more variance than some other sports. All right. My last note here, uh, keep in mind preseason results matter. 
preseason results definitely matter. Not necessarily for the teams, okay? If a team's not winning or whatever, that's not a big deal. But for the players, okay? It's very, very rare. You're going to get a player who's on a hot streak. The season starts, they go cold. Okay, it's very rare you're going to get a player who hit 182 in, in, in spring training and the season starts and they turn it on. Okay, it's very consistent. Yeah, yeah, you go back, look, historically, Connor's looking at me right now. Yeah, and let, yeah. I just, I just did all this today. No, historically, no, no, no doubt, no doubt. It's, it's an extreme indicator. Now, I'm sure that we can find a lot of some outliers, well, can, but can, I mean, we're talking... We're talking 80th percent, 80 percent of I w- players. I would like to just add, though, to be to be cautious because one thing that you would have to do, so you would have to do your due diligence and research in. But in spring training, a lot of players aren't even taking anywhere remotely close to the same approach. Like for instance, right, Nolan Arenado last year during spring training was only trying to swing at outside pitches. That's it. And it has nothing to do See, with what he's doing okay, in, okay. A, in a game. But but here's the problem with Just that. Just saying to be careful. He, on here that. here's the problem with that though, is I first of all I don't buy that. Okay, I I, I here's what I buy because it doesn't make that that I've never that doesn't make sense to me. Okay, well, here's what makes sense is he may have been stressing that, but the idea that every pitch he sees he's trying to go oppo that means that you're not prepared to start the season. Right, you're not doing what you need to do to prepare yourself for game one. You're trying to do one specific. That's more off-season work. And so, what what you're saying, maybe even the first couple games, first week of spring training, that's the case. But that's, I mean, if you watch spring training recently, that's not the case. Pitchers are going deeper into games. They're they're taking it more and more seriously. And it's not the team. The team doesn't care about winning, but it's more about these guys getting them ready for game time situations. Well, yeah, especially with the team, considering you got pitchers and stuff coming in for two innings at a time. Right? But here's I mean, the other thing is information like that. What you have to understand is that as a sports better, the key is information. And you have to wonder how does information get out there? Okay. It gets out there because someone wants it out there. Someone's releasing this stuff. When you hear the Denver Broncos are in trade negotiations with team X for player a, one of the two teams put that out there for a reason. Right, okay. So right. when we heard this about Nolan Arenado, clearly you weren't the only one with that information. The, the scouting director for the Mets had that, right? The the manager for the for the for the Orioles had that. Everyone in baseball knew that. So if it was if that was really the case, we wouldn't have ever heard about that because they're arming their opponents to now make Arenado look like a fool, which they didn't do, which I don't believe that's the case then. So and, and you know, so, that was an extreme example. I'm just saying people are working they are working on on particular kinks of their swing. I think another thing just to just to bring into perspective because you're right there is a general correlation and that's a good thing to know right but it's also you you want to take it with a pinch of salt man because here's the other here's the other just uh, thing you can't get around is in spring training you're facing you know uh, a pitcher for an inning right that normally is going to be going six innings into the game right you're facing pitchers who there, might not even things, be look, in starting, the rotation look, starting pitchers going deep into a game has to be accounted for there's certain things that you can take from spring training and right. apply but look but i see as a general conglomerate of information but it's but, good it's a correlation but, but you have to understand because a lot of the audience and i have listeners in every state pretty much i have listeners who listen in england and more on the soccer days but I want to give good info, okay? And a lot of people betting don't have the access to the databases that I do. They don't. They haven't done the homework. And when I see something that jumps off the page, when I see something that's, that's really, really pretty strongly correlated, I feel the need. I've got to tell the audience this, you know? And I, I've got to, I have to, you know? I, but there's a lot of people listening who may object to that, who may think otherwise, who may say, you know, who cares about spring training, things like that. But after I did the work, it's, you know, what I love about this podcast and, and, and 
what I make this pod, what I want this podcast to be is it's just the truth. It's honesty. It's good info. I have no agenda here, you know. But what you see from a lot of these players in spring training, it, just from hot and not. I'm not talking about every little stat, every little detail. Players who are playing really well and hitting the shit out of the ball, really rare they go cold. Players who are doing very, very poorly, really rare they turn it on immediately. Sometimes they might, but keep that in mind. And that's just for general handicapping and for daily fantasy if you guys play that as well. All right, yep. let's get into it. Let's get into some actual bets. What's that, Connor? Do you have something dead? No, yeah, yeah, for sure. And you got to keep in mind the sample size too, which is good. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So let's get into it. Let's talk some uh, futures bets, what the market is looking like right now. We'll go division by division. We're going to make this, I mean, it's not going to go forever. We're going to make this, you know, we're we're not going to make this a three hour podcast. We're going to go pretty quick, division by division. You know, uh, like I said, I know all you guys want to hear about your teams. This isn't going to be a breakdown of every single team, but we'll talk about the major players in each division and how things are shaping up. All right. Let's start off in the AL East, right? Big uh, big, uh, division. A lot of people like the Yankees, Red Sox. And, um, I mean, I actually think the interesting thing here is to look at the, the payrolls, right? You get teams like the Yankees, who have the number one payroll in the American League, the second in the MLB, $172 million. And then Tampa Bay is uh, currently 26th, and they're third to win the division in terms of the odds. Now, currently, the New York Yankees are the favorite to win the AL East, minus 200. The Toronto Blue Jays, uh, plus 375 in second. And then Tampa Bay, uh, the third team there, plus 500. Boston, Baltimore, not too much of a chance. Boston, 20 to 1. And Baltimore, 75 to 1. Uh, obviously, New York, big favorite. They probably should be. Huge payroll. It should pay off for them. I have no issues with them being the favorite here. No, no. They have a lot of uh, weapons. For New York, it's going to end up, can their team stay healthy? Yeah. Um, I mean, really, I I know that's how it is with a lot of teams, right? But New York, on paper, has assembled what you could easily argue is the best team in baseball. Uh, And we'll just have to see if they can stay healthy. Can Giancarlo Stanton or, or Aaron Judge... You know, not pull muscles that no one even knows that they have. Um, and we'll, we'll see if that works, you know? No, they're, they're loaded. I mean, DJ LeMayhew, leadoff, Aaron Judge, like you just said, Aaron Hicks. And then they've got a great staff. Garrett Cole, Kluber, um, Jamison Tallion. I mean, they're, they're really good. So Yeah, anyway. he's coming off of two Tommy Johns. Um, Tommy Johns. Yeah, but, but you know what? He has a lot of upside. I think, I do think the Yankees, if they stay healthy... You could make, you could absolutely make a case. They are the best team in baseball. I think the interesting team here in the AL East is actually Toronto this year. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they went thirty-two and twenty-eight last year, finishing third. But you know, they got Bo Bichette and they got uh, yes, Vlad, they, Vlad Guerrero Jr., who lost, I think, forty pounds. I could be wrong on the exact number, but lost some weight, got in shape. I love that they re-signed Joe Springer. Uh, they added Stephen Matz, Kirby Yates. I mean, look, look. After making the playoffs for the first time, I think since two thousand sixteen. They made some big offseason moves. I love the fact they played that they paid uh, Springer. Right. The main question with Toronto: Can their rotation be good enough? Uh, is it Hun Jin Ru? Is that their pitcher? Yeah, Hin Jin Ru. <laughs> Hin Jin Ru. Of course it is. He's their ace, and they need more. I think they're going to need to make a move if they're going to compete with the Yankees for the division. So I don't love them as a as a as a bet right now. And by the way, I've got one, two, three. I've got four bets. Four futures bets that I like. Nothing in the AL East, but Toronto is going to be really interesting. And I just thought it was kind of a, you know worth noting. They're second in terms of the odds. They're plus three seventy five. You bet a hundred, you win back three seventy five. Yeah, that's a good bet. I, I mean, it seems uh, maybe a tiny bit of value there. Yeah, you know, I mean, well, you alluded to the in um, 
Man, yeah, I, I think the Blue Jays, don't sleep on the Blue Jays this year, man. Uh, George Springer was a great signing, like you said. Right. Uh, and, you know, coming from Houston where they have a, a real good winning yeah, a pedigree, right? Uh, someone that knows how to win. Um, so, you know, I, I would say don't sleep on the Blue Jays. All right. Um, the Tampa Bay Rays, um, again, no 26th in payroll. But uh, got to love it for small market teams, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, look, look, I think that Tampa Bay, it, it's going to come down to their offense. I think they actually have a very underrated pitching staff. Now losing, who did they lose? It was, uh, um, was it uh, oh, Blake Snell? They lost Blake Snell. He went to San Diego. By the way, we'll talk about the Padres in a few minutes. They're getting very good quickly. But they, that's going to hurt them. You know, Blake Snell was on that team for a while, kind of a rock, you know, on that uh, on that pitching staff. And so that 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 is going to hurt him. But you look at Tyler Glass now, Ryan Yarbrough, Michael uh, Waka. You know he's he's with the Rays this year. Yeah, and you know they got uh, you know uh, one of the best, if not the best, bullpen in baseball, which which For helps sure. them a lot too. Absolutely. And so you know it's just it, I just don't think they're going to have the offense. And look, any offense can get hot at the right time. But uh, Tampa Bay, interesting team as well. So I don't have anything I really love in the AL East right now. Yankees should be the clear favorite. Boston right now, rebuilding. Baltimore, not much of a chance at all. So let's move on to the AL Central. I do have a bet in the American League Central. And honestly, mm. the AL Central comes down to, can Chicago actually put it together for a full season? Okay, You look at last year, Chicago ended up second in the division, 35-25. and 25, But here's the thing I was talking about. Okay, Chicago, they only, they only played 60 games last year. And Chicago ended the season very poorly. Their last 10 games... They went two and eight, so they were not doing well in terms of the trajectory. Now they were do they were doing well in terms of the run differential. And here's the thing: I don't know if you've uh, people a lot of times uh, look baseball is a, a game with a lot of data, a lot of numbers. But sometimes you just simplify things. It's easy to simplify things, and sometimes it works. If you look at run differential, how many runs you scored compared to how many runs you gave up, it's a very good indicator of how good teams are. Okay, obviously you're going to get some outliers year to year, but go back, look the last five, ten years. At the end of the year, the standings pretty much reflect run differential. And when I look at the White Sox run run differential last year, they were the best in the American League at the end of the season. So they weren't, you know, having a great trajectory. So a lot of question marks to me surrounding this team. And that is the main thing. Can they put it together for a full season? Okay, they're the favorite to win the Central. The odds really? What's, yeah. what, are, what are they at right now? They are uh, minus 110. The odds on favor to win the division. Interesting. You know, I really like the Twins in that division. That's my bet. My bet for this division is the Minnesota Twins at plus 130. I just trust the Twins. They've done it longer. Consistency, uh, a g- very good pitching staff. So I just trust the consistency for the Twins. I think this is flipped. I think they should be the favorite. I think they should be the favorites too. And, and the Twins... Um, you know, with Byron Buxton, if you know, he's always been this great guy name. that, Eric, yeah, great name. But but he's always been the guy that had you know, sky's the limit potential. Everyone's like, hey, he's a five tool player. He's got power threat. He's got speed threat, and it's never really materialized. And then hey, last season we saw him perk up a little bit. We saw Byron right. Buxton start approaching some of that ceiling. And you know, I think you can make the argument that you know Miguel Sano, Josh Donaldson, and Byron Buxton you know, might be some of the best heart of the lineup in the entire MLB. Um, and I ha- really, really like the Twins. Yeah. Uh, Kent Maeda, their ace. Joe, uh, Jose Barrios. Jose Matt- Barrios is a great pitcher. Yeah, Matt Shoemaker. Michael Pineda is their number four. Jay Schumacher. You told, me, you told me to get you on the yes. names, right? It's, yes. Uh, Schumacher. Schumacher. Uh, Michael Pineda, J.A. Happ. 
Yeah, I like the twins. No, don't so. sleep on the twins this year, man. They are uh, they not, are ready I'm, to compete. I'm not sleeping. I know, but uh, apparently the odds makers seem to be mm. d- you know differing mm. there, and uh, I don't like I, I do not like the the White Sox as the favorite. No, me neither. So Twins plus one thirty, the the Indians plus nine fifty, Royals twenty five to one, Detroit sixty to one. Not a whole lot going on there. So uh, Minnesota is my bet for the AL Central. Let's move on to the AL West, and uh, before we talk about any teams, let's talk about Mike Trout because I want to get your take on uh, one of my uh, baseball opinions. And I think that, that fans greatly overvalue star power hitters, you know, great hitters. We saw it in Denver. We'll talk about Nolan Arenado a little bit later on. But Mike Trout has been the best player in baseball for, what, seven years? Yeah. I mean, he's that's probably not debatable. What, I don't think anybody. What have the Angels done in that time? Yeah, not a lot. They've had no. shaky pitching staffs and, and didn't do a great job of building around, around Mike Trout. And, you know, some of their, their draft picks didn't pan out and... There you go. Okay. In baseball, to win, you need two elite pitchers, two hitters who can get on base, and a team who gets hot at the right time. Okay. You don't need to invest in all these players. Now, look, if you have the Dodgers or the Yankees payroll, is it more likely you can get players who can get hot and stay hot in the playoffs? Yeah, sure. But to think that investing in players like Mike Trout will translate to World Series titles, I think you're sadly mistaken. This is not the NBA. This is not the NFL. This is a sport where you need pitching and you're completely lost without it. The idea that you can get a player like a Nolan Arenado, a Mike Trout, and automatically be a contender, I strongly reject that. And so... Um, on that, let's start with the LA. What, what do you think about that? Do you agree with that? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you you do have to agree with that, and and I would even take it a step farther. I know you said you need to have two pitchers, right? Yeah, um, two elite pitchers. Because two el- come playoff time, you usually only have a three pitcher rotation. Right. I mean, I would I would say that almost in today's MLB, I've been talking the last few years. Yeah. You really have shown that you need more than two elite pitchers. You, you need you need a third elite pitcher, right. and then you need to have a fourth and a fifth guy who could be in the conversation on any given game to be that dominant. I um, just I I don't know if that's how a lot of people feel. Maybe it is, but I I, I mean, you look at the Dodgers now. You look at the Padres now. You look. But at the I judge Mets, this. I judge this around us now. For those again who don't know, we're in Denver, Colorado, and the Rockies just pretty much gave Nolan Arenado away. And everyone who I know who likes the Rockies is infuriated. And it's like I get it. You know, he meant a lot to the franchise. He's one of those guys who, who, who was a fan favorite. But if you really care about the Rockies translating things to wins, now look, the trade was horrible, right? And, and they didn't yeah, get a lot of that. If you're going to trade away someone like that, you would hope that you could get at least some upside on some young prospects. Exactly. But the idea that people are pissed just because the Rockies got rid of Arenado, that being the thing they're mad about, I don't know. I mean, it's like, look, if some of these prospects end up being okay, fine, you know, but I think the Rockies, blew, you know, blew that trade. I get my, my point. So let's not talk about the Rockies because yeah. they showed what a right. bad organization they can be. But my point is, you get that all-star player, you get Nolan. You know, Nolan Arenado's not the reason why the Cardinals are the favorite this year in the, in the Central. Let's just put it that way. So, right. All right, let's move on, though. Uh, let's let's talk about L.A. We just, uh, you know, mentioned how Mike Trout hasn't won much there. Um, Shohei Otani, is he a legitimate player? Can he go both ways? You know? Yeah. I, yes. You think he can? The answer is yes. I don't, see, I, I don't see it happening. I think that he looks overwhelmed. I think he needs to pick one and go with it. But you, you think he can do it? I think he's shown, he has shown, uh, flat, I mean, all right, the guy can flat out hit. 
I mean, he he absolutely can hit. I'm not saying that Shohan Otani is going to be, you know, a 40 home run a year guy. I mean, people were hyping him up like he was going to be this 40 home run a year, right. you know, hitting 300. I don't think we're gonna we're gonna see that out of him. But what I do see is a very solid uh, MLB hitter with with power upside, uh, and I see a very solid MLB pitcher. Now the question is. Can you maintain both of those roles and stay healthy? Right. That is the question to me. And I don't know. I mean, I think the jury's still out on that. If we're being honest here, I think the, you know, I think the jury's still out. It's an experiment. And we're seeing it played out right in front of our eyes because the traditional knowledge, air quotes, has always been, well, you want to keep the pitchers away from getting hurt so they're not going to hit. Right. And you want to make sure the hitters aren't, aren't, you know, opening themselves for arm issues so you don't have them pitch. And it's been a separate thing. We are seeing this experiment play out, and only time's going to tell if that can happen. Right now, Shohei Otani scheduled to hit second, slated to hit second in the lineup, and he's also fourth in the rotation. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I think, but he the can. Angels, I don't, I don't buy the Angels. Look, the, no, the Angels have a bunch Angels. of player who had a you know bad la- year last year. They're all kind of in a, a bad point of their career. So, uh, the Angels are so odds for the AL West. The Astros are the favorite, plus one twenty five. Uh, the the A's are second at plus one sixty. I think the A's are going to be good this year. Angels are third, plus three seventy five. Mariners, Rangers, pretty much going to be out of it. So, like I said, I, I like the a, the A's a lot, but my bet here is actually on Houston. Now, this comes with a caveat. I wanted to talk to you about this. I wanted to get your feeling. Fans are allowed back at stadiums this year. Houston Astros a couple of years ago, we all remember the cheating scandal. Jose Altuve, right. you know, everything like that. Fans didn't have a chance, and we know how vocal baseball fans can be. They didn't get the chance to boo Houston, to yell at Houston, to express that. I think that has to be factored in somewhat this year. Now, does it does it impact things greatly, or does it impact things .0001%? I'm not sure, but I think it's certainly a factor that we have to look at. You know, do you think, and, and this isn't a question that we set up, you know, off the top of your head, though, first reaction, do you think that that's going to negatively impact Houston? Do you think that's going to be a big deal? They're going to go to opposing stadiums. They're going to get booed. They're going to get heckled. It's going to be very uncomfortable, at least for the first part of the year for Houston. Does that impact them negatively? Uh, I think it could, but I also think that there's a lot of new players and a lot of new, um, you know, staff just throughout that, um, you know, I, I think these guys are professionals and to a certain extent that's going to roll off of them. I also think it's going to actually help them uh, a little bit that it that it took a whole year off, right? Right. I mean, hey, if they were going around to fan full stadiums the very first year, that was hot on everyone's mind. I think that year might have actually helped them out a little bit, downgraded sure. some of that effect, that effect. I think it probably diluted it's it a, a good lot. Thought. I mean, I like the thought process. Yeah. I just don't see it really playing out, in my opinion. This is a good team. So my bet, actually, in this division, I'm taking the favorite. I'm taking Houston plus 125. I just think it's a little, you know, I think that this is a little bit cheap. I could see them winning a little bit over 50% of the time, and this implies, uh, you know, that we have value here. So. Yeah. Um, we'll take uh, the Astros as our bet here. Again, Jose Altuve leadoff. Michael Brantley second. Yeah, I like, I like Altuve third. to have Alex a uh, bounce back. I like Carlos Altuve Kalea to have fifth. a bounce back. He hit 200 last year, I believe. 210 maybe. Okay, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I like Altuve back. to have a big bounce back season this year, so I take the Astros as well. Zach Granke, they're, they're, they're pitching rotation. Zach Granke, Christian uh, Javier, 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 Lance McCuller Jr. Uh, they're going to be good. So Yeah. My pick is Houston to take care of things in the AL West. All right, is that the all the American League? It is. Let's get to the National League. NL West. Let's start with the NL West. From the AL West to the NL West. Our bread and butter here. Obviously, the Dodgers are the favorite. Okay? They're they're there's they're the number one team in Major League Baseball for the payroll. They're coming off a World Series. 
Uh, they've been to a lot of big games the last five years. You know, they're probably the best team in the last five years, you know, cumulatively, or one of the best. Uh, so, this, so there's no doubt, you know, obviously the Dodgers, the Dodgers are the favorite. But I want to talk about the, the Padres because the Padres, in a matter of about 500 days, have gone from being a laughingstock in, the, in the NL West to, I mean, for sure, the second best team right now. The odds are the LA Dodgers minus 245. The San Diego Padres, plus 200. Now, is that to win the division, you're saying? To win the division, yes. Arizona, San Francisco, Colorado, long shots. You know, they're right. out of it. Oh, so, yeah. So, it's, it's a two-horse two race in this division, no doubt. Sure. So, uh, a nice exercise. If you guys want to uh, convert what you see in terms of a line to a percentage, a winning percentage or a break-even percentage, go to aceodds.com. That's A-C-E-odds.com and find the odds converter. So go to Ace Odds, Odds Converter, and there you can type in the odds and see what it translates to in percent. And right now, minus 245 is the price for the Dodgers. That equals 71% win rate. So theoretically, you know, if you're looking at value, if you think the Dodgers are going to win 72% of the time, there's a little bit of value. If you think the Dodgers are going to win 70% or less, you wouldn't want to make this bet, okay? So that's the market saying overwhelmingly the Dodgers are the favorite. Now in second, the the Padres plus 200, implying 33.3% win percentage, okay? And by the way, these numbers will add up to be over 100. That's called the household. That's how the bookies make their money. But it's, it's, the, it's a two-horse race. So Here's what I want to do. And, and the, the Padres got, I mean, they got you Darvish this offseason. They got Blake Snell. Blake Snell. I mean, they're so good. They 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 they, they improved their offense last offseason. This is a very good team. Don't, don't, you know, if, if the Padres are winning a lot of games, don't be surprised. Okay. So here's my bet in the NL West. We're going to take the Padres right now to win. Okay. Now, this is a big misconception. We're not taking the Padres because we think they're going to win the NL West. We're taking the Padres because we think that the, the the price right now is too cheap compared to the true odds. Right. Okay. People think that every bet you make, you think you're going to win. That's not true. I'll make a bet if it's if it's ten to one, and I think the true odds are eight to one. I think I'm going to win that bet one out of eight times, but there's value because they're charging you as if it happens one out of ten times. So here's what we do. We're going to take the Padres at plus 200 and we're going to look to make another play during the season. Okay. Interesting, okay. interesting uh, uh, article that came out with Justin Turner the other day, the uh, Dodgers third baseman. And he talked about how throughout his career there in LA, they've always gotten off to slow starts. Now, last year may be a bit of an exception, but the LA Dodgers are not a team that comes out of the gate playing very well. Now, they may this year. That's not a guaranteed thing. But historically, they have not done well at the beginning of seasons, okay? So here's what we hope for. We want to make this bet San Diego plus 200. And if the Dodgers happen to lose a couple games the first month of the season, they probably shouldn't lose. Now what will happen is these odds will shift. And if we can get the Dodgers anywhere in plus money, and we can have maybe a ticket for San Diego plus 200 and a ticket for the LA Dodgers plus 200 in our pocket, and we've got pretty much a two-horse race where we guarantee a profit no matter what happens, that's what we want to do. And we can do that right now by taking the Dodgers mm. preseason plus 200. And look, yeah, That's a good point. Look, I, like if the, it. If, or I met the Padres plus 200. And look, if the Dodgers right. get off to a fast start and they do well, fine. Now, we still have a ticket for plus 200 in our pocket. We move on. 
and, and and we hope that the Padres, you know, do well. But we're putting ourselves in a position to hedge off later and guarantee a profit, or at least put ourselves in a spot where we can, you know, make some money later on in the season. So this bet isn't like every other bet. This is more of a we're we're, we're setting up a future bet with this plus plus two hundred. So uh, we'll go San Diego Padres plus two hundred and look to play on the Dodgers, who have a history of starting slow. Before we move on from this division, we are from Colorado. Do you wanna? Do you want to whine about Nolan Arenado? Do you have anything <laughs> to say about this division in general? Do we miss anything here? Are you good? No, nah, I mean, uh, Dick Monfer, the owner of the Colorado Rockies, is one of the worst owners in all of sports. And, you know, I'll leave it at that. There's uh, no need no need to talk about people who uh, even people in their own market do not want to talk about. Okay. Well, there you go. All right, let's move on to the National League East. NL East, my final bet of the day uh, is going to be one of the longer shots. I'm going to take a team that is currently plus 725, okay? So the favorite in the NL East, the Atlanta Braves, plus 130. The New York Mets are actually the second team at plus 140. And again, like I said earlier, if you ask me right now who I think is going to win the division... I think it's the Braves, okay? But that's just on a... That's if if we're not talking about odds. If you just ask me, hey, Tyler, who do you think is going to win the National League East? I think the Braves are probably going to win. But that's not what we're betting on. We're betting on are prices accurate or not. And I think the Washington Nationals at plus 725 have a lot of value. It, it, It all comes down to me to their offense. Look, with the rotation that Washington has, which is a very, very good rotation, especially those starters, if the offense even slightly outperforms what I have them projected to do, this is going to be a team, a much better team than a lot of people think. And I believe right now, the Nationals are maybe the most difficult team to get a read on in the entire MLB. Okay, And this is where we can make some money. If we're ahead on a team, the market's behind, not only... Do we think plus 725 is extreme value? I can pretty much guarantee throughout the first two, three weeks of the season, we, we're going to find several matchups that we like where we're betting on the, on the Nationals. That this doesn't mean we blindly bet on them, but I have a feeling the market is behind where we think the Nationals should be right now. Uh, the loss of Anthony Rendon. Is it Rendon? Rendon? Rendon. The loss of Anthony Rendon, big blow to the team, right? That's obviously going to hurt them. But they've made progress to fill the to fill the gap they got kyle schwarber from the cubs they added josh bell um and I again like the josh bell signing a yeah, lot schwarber is interesting but but look the i've cubs, never been a fan of schwarber but, but the uh, cubs didn't use him i don't i think to his optimal usage you know i think with the nationals i trust that yeah i mean you know the, cu- the cubs the cubs problem with schwarber was they tried to put him in the batter's box and tell him to hit and uh <laughs> you know that's that's an issue for for yeah, kyle good. schwarber but look so. it, it's all about the three-headed monster of Max Scherzer, Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, and Patrick Corbin. I mean, this may be the best starting rotation in baseball, and that is why maybe you know, uh, arguably top five. I mean, I, I I would I would I would argue them top five. I would say they're. I, I don't even think there's an argument for top three. You got the Padres, you got the Mets. So, got are, so but they're up there, okay? And so in a sport Dodgers. like we talked about earlier, where you check the box of having two, they if do not check three the box. Elite they, pitchers, they check the box. Guys who can some, get on base. Look. Plus 725, that's a big number. I like the value. I do like the value. I love the Mets this year, man. I Really? I love the Mets. Um, Look, the the, the Mets are interesting. There's a lot to be excited about with the Mets. Obviously, uh, when Stephen Cohen 
bought the team yep. that revitalized them greatly. You know, there's some teams like the New York Knicks, how the Mets used to be. A lot of these teams are in New York. And they have right. really bad owners, right? And when ownership right. changes, things greatly change. And the feeling around the Mets this year is so different. Yeah, and, the and, Mets kind of remind me of the New York Jets of baseball, right? But, <laughs> but look, know? that ownership transfer did a lot of things. They trade for Francisco Lindor. Right. Uh, they're looking great, at potentially getting Chris move. Bryant. They get, uh, they sign Micah Stroman, uh, uh, Marcus Stroman. Uh, the pitcher. They they got James McCann, the catcher. They they improved quickly. And then they overnight. still got Jeff McNeil. They still got Michael Conforto. Exactly. And like I mentioned, they're looking to get Chris Bryant too. Yeah, from the know. rebuilding Cubs. So they're doing the right thing. I agree with that. But here's my only problem. Well, and they got the best pitcher in all of baseball. But here's my problem with the Mets. I think there's a lot surrounding the Mets. They're getting the headlines. They're getting the tabloids. Everyone's talking about the Mets. A lot of people who who love baseball, like yourself, the seam heads, are talking about the Mets. I don't love betting on teams where everyone else is talking about. You know, you, I like t- betting on teams where we're flying under the radar. I, I think right now, because you're right. You, you're excited about the Mets and they're going to do well. I just have a problem with this plus 140 price. You know, I think that right now we're buying them high. I think their stock right now is pretty high. And this is a Mets team that, let's face it, can, can you really trust them historically? Yeah, I think I think your logic is very sound. I think you get value with the the Washington Nationals. I just think from a baseball perspective, I love the mess. I love what they've done. And I, you know, from a baseball fan perspective, I'd love to see them do well. They do have the best pitcher in all of baseball. Now look at how far that's got them so that right, thus far, right? right? right. To your point, one player does not dictate team success. So I think your your logic is spot on. The Washington has the value here. Um I just I, I do love I do love the Mets. I love what they've done. Uh, are you going to talk a little bit about uh, any sort of MVP futures or anything like that? Come on out and meet the Mets. I, I would be curious. Let's I would see. be curious to see what Jacob Degrom's MVP odds are. I think he is an under the radar. I mean, you do not pick pitchers for MVPs traditionally. Player futures. All right. So MVP or uh, what are we talking? I want to see MVP. Okay. And MVP I want to see what Jacob odds. Degrom's right, odds so, are on that. So. Because you don't, I mean, when's the last time a pitcher got MVP? National League MVP, American League MVP. Yep, National League. DeGrom. Oh, my God, he's the the favorite for the Cy Young. He's not even listed in the MVP. He's not even listed. So if you could find someone to take a bet, I think he is such a a dark horse candidate that nobody's going to be talking about because I, I don't know the answer to this. But it's been a long time since the MVP went to a pitcher award. Yeah, I think Jacob Degrom has th- a chance to win the Cy Young and the MVP this year. You can't bet on him right now. The favor for the National League MVP, Juan Soto. Juan Soto is an exciting player, uh, no doubt. I call him Han Solo. Yeah. Uh, plus six fifty. I'm Co- sure he appreciates that. Cody Bellinger plus seven fifty. Uh, Mookie Betts plus seven fifty. I like Mookie. Fernando Tatis Jr. Tatis. Fernando Tatis Jr. at plus eight hundred. Um, That's good. Corey Seager, 10 to 1. And so, y- y- what book are you looking at? This is all from Bet Online. Bet Online. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, I would be curious if somebody can, uh, maybe you can tweet at the show if you can yeah. find a line somewhere for uh, Jacob DeGrom because I think uh, he-, he might do it this year, man. He is, uh, he is an exciting player. I think if the Mets do what they fit, what the Mets hope they're going to do this year, I think Jacob DeGrom is going to be right up there with the MVP race. Come on out and meet the Mets. All right, let's get to our last division here. Uh, The National League Central, the middle of the country. The favorites in the Central, the St. Louis Cardinals, plus 120. The Milwaukee Brewers, plus 275. Now, Now, here's the thing. This is the most competitive division, for sure. I mean, there's four teams that are priced plus 550 or better. That's crazy, okay? So the Cardinals are the favorite, plus 120. 
Milwaukee second, plus 275. Cincinnati third, plus 350. Chicago fourth, plus 550. Let me tell you right now, the Cubs, they're expensive, okay? This is because the Cubs are one of the most heavily bet teams in the country every year preseason. The Cubs are, I mean, they're, they're, they're rebuilding, right? Yeah, the Cubs aren't winning the division this <laughs> plus, year. Plus 550. I mean, that is highway robbery right there. So don't bet the Cubs. That, that's a bad price, right? But this is the most competitive division. Um, it is. I think you can make a, you can make a baseball argument uh, for any of those other teams. Yeah, for sure. Now, St. Louis is the favorite. They probably should be, right? They trade for Nolan Arenado like we talked about. But pitching is going to take St. Louis as far as they go this oh. year. Jack Flaherty. I take that back. Pittsburgh's not going to win this either. <laughs> I said I said it could be any oh, did you say? Pittsburgh's yeah, not going to win this, no. Uh, Jack Flaherty. Flaherty. Uh, he's good. Uh, I like him a lot. Jack Flaherty yeah. is really, really good. Adam Wainwright. You know who I like on their staff? Carlos Martinez. He's young, really good pitcher. He's 10-4 and four in his career. He's got 95 strikeouts and 113 innings. He's currently scheduled to be their third starter, uh, Carlos Martinez. So he's going to be good. But it, it's all about pitching. If he exceeds expectation, if the if the back end of their starters exceed expectation, you know, you know St. Louis should probably Adam, win this Adam Wainwright is 39 years old. 39 years young. He's and consistent, man. And uh, he had a bounce-back season last year. Uh, and, and that's to your earlier point about how is the 60-game season going to differ from 162. That might be something that that you know to think about. I mean, is Adam Wainwright gonna? I think he was in the you know low threes, high twos, something around there for ERA last year. He had a real bounce back season at age thirty eight. Can he sustain that in a hundred sixty two game season? We'll, we'll see, and that's a huge question. I, I I tend to shade on the side of no. Okay, interesting stuff. We'll definitely keep an eye on that. Uh, Mil- uh, Milwaukee. Okay, it, to me, Milwaukee comes down to how good can Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff be, right? Yes. They have one of the best bullpens in baseball. They Josh Hader, Josh Hader, Devin Williams. They're great out of the pen. Uh, they've also addressed their defensive issues. They brought in uh, Colton Wong, second base, Jackie Bradley Jr. You know, two defensive players who that's also going to help their pitching staff a lot. So, you know, I, I, I do like uh, Milwaukee. Um, if I actually had to make uh, a bet. If you it comes down to this, if you think Milwaukee's starting pitching will be good, there may be a little bit of value on the Brewers at uh, plus two seventy five. So you know maybe if you if you do really believe that and you're strong on Milwaukee's staff, maybe that's a decent bet. I'm not going to give it out today, but uh, that could be the case there. So uh, pitching is going to be important. And then Cincinnati, dude, do you have anything to add for them? Are you good? Uh yeah. You know I I would expect a bounce back from Kristen Yelich. Um, if there's anybody out there that plays any fantasy baseball, I would go high on Kristen Yelich. And, and in terms of team success, um, I, I do think he's his bounce back year is going to help them a lot. He hit, uh, you know, he's an MVP type candidate, right? And I, he hit in the low two hundreds last year. Okay. Um, part of uh, Kristen Yelich is is a big, big routine guy. He he thrives off the fact that he needs to have this routine. He has this mindset. He's a very He's a very particular guy. There's actually a couple cool articles out there. Uh, maybe we can link to him on a, on a uh, Twitter. But um, he's a very peculiar guy, and that 60 game season really, really just threw a wrench into that guy. And so 
I would expect a huge bounce back season from See, Christian. That's Lodge. what I'm talking about. That's the stuff. You know, when you can identify a player struggling last year who should, you know, break back out this year, we we attack that in different ways. We can look at player props. We can look at individual bets for him, you know, uh, batting average, you know, things like that. Um, how many hits you'll have in a certain game, you know, how many you can do, uh, how many total bases will they have? There's a lot of player props, a lot of ways to attack this. So that's a very good point. This is what we're talking about. You know, I don't want to give all these different player props, things like that. I want to give everyone a good idea how to approach this, and you guys can go out and, some, and uh, make some of these bets for yourself. All right, uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati's really interesting in the NL Central. They made the playoffs last year, but when I did my uh, when I was doing my homework, they were the number one team in the MLB in terms of offensive volatility. It would just disappear and come on strong at a moment's notice. You know, pitching was great for Cincinnati. It was the volatility of the offense, and that proved to be the case. They were shut out. In the wild card round, they didn't score a run. Right. In the wild card round, and there were games during the season where they're putting up, you know, 10, 15 runs. So volatility was an issue. And you expected them to address that, and they really didn't do much to address it this offseason. Okay. And they did lose a lot this offseason. Trevor Bauer, uh, Rossiel Iglesias, they're out. Okay. So overall, not a whole lot of promising stuff for Cincinnati. And I don't understand why they're plus 350. I think that's a little bit expensive for a team like this with all these changes, especially their, their uh, infield. They're shuffling the infield around. They're putting uh, Eugene Suarez back to shortstop, his original position. Mike Moustakis is going to move back to third base. So Suarez can play, man. Yeah, so look. That guy can play. They're, they're shuffling things around, but I just think that they, they, they lost too much this offseason to warrant a plus 350. I just think it's a yep. little expensive for them. I, I would agree. And then, uh, like I mentioned, Chicago Cubs traded you Darvish. Uh, they're not going to do a whole lot, you know. Uh, they're rebuilding for sure. So, all right, no that doubt. does that does it. So, uh, my four bets again: uh, Houston plus one twenty-five, San Diego plus two hundred, and we're looking to take uh, the Dodgers if they have a slow start. Washington plus seven twenty-five, and then uh, the Minnesota Twins at plus one thirty as well. So. That uh, does it for today's show. MLB season preview. Thanks, Connor, for coming on in. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. We uh, Before the show started, Connor tried out the VR, the virtual reality headset. Ooh. Do you like it? It was fun? It was very, pretty fun. It's weird, huh? Yeah, it's uh, what a world we live in. Huh? You know, if you die in VR, you die in real life, too. So <laughs> that's what they say. Is that, is that what they say? All right. You guys stay classy out there. Good luck, whatever bet you make. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle.